Well, good morning. Welcome to uh, Soul City Church this morning. My name is Jared Stevens, one of the pastors here at Soul City, and uh, I love when we get an opportunity to celebrate and dedicate a family. Uh, it's such a uh, difficult thing enough to raise kids, to raise them well. It, you add an extra degree of difficulty when you try and do that in the city. And so any family that has committed to raising their kids in the city, we want to come around and come behind and do whatever we can do to support them. Uh, yesterday, as, as a family in the city, we have two kids, a six-year-old and a four-year-old. We had one of those days. Uh, and so it started with a bunch of errands that we had to run in the morning. So we ran all of those, and then we had to race up to Lincoln Park to get our son to a baseball game. And so we played the baseball game. It was like 95 degrees. And so six-year-olds in 95 degrees, and baseball does not go well together. And so we raced from there to a birthday party at Montrose Beach. And so we're at Montrose Beach at the birthday party. And we had to race back down to go to another birthday party in River North. And then we had to get home. And we still had to do baths and dinner. So we were trying to figure out, can we feed them while they're bathing? And it was kind of like one of those kind of days, you know. In the middle of it, when we were at Montrose Beach at the birthday party, there was a guy there who it was like a friend of one of the kids' birthdays. And he was talking to us about our, you know, I was explaining to him the day. I'm like, you know, this is what we're doing. After this, we have to go to this. And after this, we have to go to this. He's like, I don't know how you people with kids do that. <laughs> like, they're called parents. First of all, people with kids are called parents. And uh, we do the best we can. And so any, any, any family that does that, we love to come around and dedicate and, uh, and support as a church. Uh, hey, we're going to do uh, some stuff that we do regularly around here. We're going to talk about and actually practice worship today. But part of our worship that we do here every week at Soul City Church uh, is, is giving back to God out of the goodness of what he's given to us. And so uh, we receive an offering in every service, and, and, and here's why we do that. One, it extends the ministry of what God's doing here in our church. It enables us to partner with organizations like By the Hand that Jeannie mentioned and Brown Elementary School and be a gift to this neighborhood to extend the work of what God's doing here in this church. But here's what kind of happens before any of that. It's a thing between you and God to declare your gratitude to him, to declare your trust in him. And so we do it because it's one of those good things that reminds us of how good God is. And we may not all have all the things that we want, but we know that we have more than we need. And when we recognize that that comes from a good and loving God, it, it's our joy to give back to him. And so many of us give online, and maybe you do that too, but we do this as part of our worship. So what we're going to do is some multitasking. We're going to receive an offering right now, and I'm going to talk. So I'm going to trust that you can do all of that and listen, and we can move forward. Can we do that all together right now? Can do that? Okay, so our volunteers are going to come forward. We'll receive the offering. As we do, I want to just kind of bring you up to speed on where we started from last week. We kicked off a new series uh, for this month, the month of June, we're looking at what it means to live in the flow of the presence of God. What does it mean to have a lifestyle of prayer? So that prayer is not just an event in my day or in my week. Prayer is not just a thing I do when I'm sitting at a meal at a table and awkwardly everyone looks at you because you're the Christian at the table. Prayer is not just a thing we do when we get in trouble and we need God to bail us out or we need something. How do we live a lifestyle of prayer. So last week we looked at spiritual pathways, how it is that God has wired and designed us to connect with him. We looked last week at how God has uniquely created us to uniquely connect with him. And so if you miss that, you can catch up with that online. Uh, we have a lot of great homework kind of coming out of that. This week what we're looking at is worship. And specifically, why is it that we sing to God? Why is it that we take time to praise God? And how is it that God actually uses that for our growth? How is it that singing God, songs to God actually changes who we are? 
And I don't know if maybe you grew up in, in church, and so you're kind of used to the singing thing. You don't even really think twice about it. Songs kind of come, you sing, you stand. Maybe you used to open a book to read the songs, maybe not. Maybe you're used to that. But if you didn't grow up around church, this singing thing can be a little weird. Because you think about it, there's, I have a friend who comes to church here, and this is all very, very, very new to him. And so, you know, he has a lot of questions like, where do those songs come from? Do you guys write all those songs? And I want to tell him, yes, every one of them. We wrote them all. We're that good. And, you know, he's like, no, can I, like, buy those? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, trying to explain all that, I'm like, okay, why do some people stand up, and why do some people raise their hands, and what is Because if you didn't grow up around the church, the singing thing is, can be a little weird. I mean, where is it in your life or in your week that you gather with a couple hundred other people and sing together? Unless you're in, like, a lot of flash mobs, you're probably not doing that a lot. Like, this is a pretty unique thing. And why is it that we would dedicate almost half of our time that we gather together here every Sunday to singing? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Almost half the time that we spend together here at church every week, we dedicate to singing songs to God. What is it that God has for us in our giving of him the praise that he's due? And what does God want to teach us about not only who he is, but who we are and how life can be living in the flow with him. And simply put, praising God is just declaring the truth of who he is. And what's great is God in all his infinite creativity created music as a thing that connects to our soul. And you know that there's songs that you know that have a deep importance to your story, your soul. You can hear a song or hear music and it connects deeply. So why is it that God would create us not only with that, but then give us music and song to declare his goodness. What, what is behind his idea for worship? A minute ago, I asked you to think about uh, something, Jeannie asked you to think about something you've been thinking about a lot lately, something that's been preoccupying your, your thoughts, your mind. And I know we can come to the table in a conversation like this about prayer or about worship or living in the flow and say, I don't know how to do it. This is what my friend was telling me this last week. I don't know how to do I don't know the songs. I, this is all very new to me. I don't know how to kind of pray or how to listen to God or how to say these things. And the truth is, if you know how to think about something or worry about something, you know how to meditate on God. You know how to, at least how to meditate, right? Our problem is not that we don't know how to meditate. It's that we don't know sort of what to meditate on. And so lots of times our brains and our thoughts and our souls get occupied with all kinds of things that we think about constantly. We can't help ourselves. We're always thinking about them. In fact, you're probably thinking about it right now as I'm talking. It can be a relationship that's in trouble right now or on the ropes, so you're thinking about it all the time. I, wish I shouldn't have said this, or I wish he wouldn't have said that, or what does this mean, or why won't he say anything? It could be a job that you desperately long for. Or maybe there's some tension at work. Maybe there's some financial struggle. The ends just aren't meeting. And so you think about it all the time, don't you? You can't help yourself but think about it. You are meditating on whatever that worry may be. Now this is one from our life that's very much on the surface, but very real for us. Uh, within the last two weeks, we moved to the neighborhood. We literally moved here into the West Loop. God provided an amazing space for us right around the corner. And so we have lived in and out of boxes for the last two or three weeks of our life. And so really all we have been thinking about is getting our house set up, getting things unpacked. Now I know this is going to sound very servicey, but I'm sure if you've moved in the last five years, you can relate to this. So we have been unpacking and unpacking. And it seems like every spare minute we have is spent unpacking a box. 
or where this picture should go or where this shelf should go. And so we're constantly sort of like, that is just occupying our thoughts. And I think about, like, as soon as we're done here today, there's more stuff that has to be done, right? More things that have to be done to get our house settled. This weekend is on Friday. Judy and I committed to uh, clearing out and cleaning out the last of the boxes that are all accumulated in our garage space. And it was a mess in there. And so it took the better part of the, the whole day, and we still didn't finish. And so we were right around 4 o'clock, and we were in the middle of unpacking these boxes, and neighbor kids had kind of shown up and started pulling stuff out that we had just put away, and like we were kind of getting to that point, and so, I, you know what I mean? Like I, it was real, I was kind of in a tough spot, and what happened was both Gene and I, and this is really dangerous for those of you who are married, both of us hit the wall at the exact same time and wanted to put the other in a box as quickly as possible. That's not a good place to be, because we were just done and just tired of boxes, and so absolutely frustrated with this. And this is this thing that just we seem to, we can't escape, right? We've been thinking about it, how we got to do it, how we have to divide our time to do this. And we were just so done. In the middle of all that frustration and chaos, Jeannie had done something that uh, she often does, and I tend to follow her lead on this. As all the sort of boxes are piling up and the complexity and the frustration of all that kind of stuff is piling up, she puts down her phone and starts playing worship music. And so out of her phone is coming songs that we sing here, you know, songs that we sing in this church and other songs. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, really, Jeannie? <laughs> like, I need Jay-Z right now. I do not need, I have anger that needs to be directed towards boxes. Like, help me channel that. And you're playing worship music. And here's what's amazing. In the middle of all that frustration, all that tension, intensity, I would hear songs that I know that we sing around here have been a part of our story as a church for the last year and a half. And I felt my heart just calm down a little bit more. Or songs that we don't sing or maybe are new to me and I'm, I find myself listening to the words. So I'm busy unpacking and putting things, but I'm hearing the words in the background going, oh no, that's good. That's true. And I found my heart softening and opening to God. My kind of clenched hands loosening up a little bit. And I found is e- even though we are surrounded by boxes, what happens is when worship music is played or is sung, God begins to do something to our perspective. In fact, there's a very real truth that you've maybe found in your life, or if you're kind of new to the church thing or the singing thing, this really is what happens. This is why we dedicate half of our time when we gather here in the weekend to singing praises to God, because praise improves our perspective. It just does. Praising God improves our perspective. It changes our perspective. I'm still surrounded by a sea of boxes, but I know that it's going to come to an end and God is still good and the universe is not going to destroy me buried in a pile of boxes. I know that as I hear these songs or sing these songs, I find my heart softening, my heart opening, my hands loosening. I go, you know what, this is not, whatever the circumstance may be, as simple as a pile of boxes or as complex as a marriage on the rocks, this is not the end of the story. There's a God who's actually good, greater than my perspective, that there's a story that I'm a part of that is much, much bigger than what I can see right in front of me. What praising God does is changes, it improves our perspective. It doesn't make all those things go away, it just allows us to approach them differently, from a different place. It gives us a reality that is greater than our circumstances. It may at times comfort you when you hear these songs and you know the truth that's being sung because you've experienced that side of God's goodness and you go, 
yes. I, I can't seem to find answers in all my worrying and all my thinking, but I know that's true. So it comforts you. It can encourage you. At times it can, it can challenge you because it reminds you of truth that you've forgotten about, about who God is. And it comes to the surface when we declare his goodness. Praise improves our perspective. It just does. And really, you don't see this any clearer than in the book of Psalms, which is found in God's Word. You see it literally in real time, perspective being changed by praising God. And so what I'd love for us to do is actually just read a psalm. We're going to read a psalm together this morning. I'm going to read. You can kind of read along and listen and watch how the writer of this psalm's perspective changes when they begin to praise God. So if you would grab a Bible, if you brought your own, you can use that one, or you can grab one of the blue ones right in front of you. We say this every week. We believe this truth actually transforms our life, built our church on the teachings of this word, this book. And so if you don't own a Bible, please hear this. We say this every week. Please steal a Bible from us. Steal a Bible from church today because we believe it's true. And it's so fun to watch someone walk out of church this last week like, I stole. It's such, a, it's such a cool thing. So please, because we believe this is truth that transforms and changes our life, would you turn to page 522 in the Blue Bible? It's Psalm 43. We're going to look at Psalm 43. And the context here is a, the writer of this psalm, while it is assumed that it's David, isn't, isn't implicitly clear that it is, but we can probably presume that David is the one who wrote this. And it's at a time when he feels utterly betrayed, and it's as though everything good has turned on him, and everyone around him has turned against him. And so it's that thing, very similar, that you keep thinking about, that keeps occupying your thoughts and your mind. Imagine that as you read these words from this psalm, Psalm 43. The psalmist writes these words. (laughs) It's a great way to start. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my case, my cause. Look at it. We don't, like in all the worship songs we sing, we don't tend to have ones that start that way. Like, smite my enemies, God, for you are good. We don't really have a lot of songs like that. So this is a really, you got to love that this makes it into the Bible. Like he starts with, wipe them out, vindicate me, God, plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Look at, rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You ever, you ever had one of those kind of cries to God? Just rescue me. God, I need you. You got to save me from these circumstances. Got my perspective, everything around me feels like it's turned against me. Rescue me. Now look what the psalmist says, you are God, my stronghold, already declaring truth. But look, why have you rejected me? Now let's just ask, push in a little bit deeper, ever felt that way? Why is it God, God, I've tried to do good, I've tried to do the right things, and it feels like I just keep hitting the wall. And more than that, God, it feels like you've left me here. You left me in this tough marriage. You left me with this sickness in my life. You left me without a job. You left me without the resources to meet my needs. You ever feel that way? Ever been that honest with God? I mean, that's what's happening here. God, this is my perspective. It feels as though you've rejected me. Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? See the circumstances, how they've surrounded around this person? But look at this. Look what happens. Send me your light and your faithful what? Care. Isn't that beautiful? Send me your light and your faithful care. Like, tend to me. Let them, not my circumstances, not my perspective, let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy 
mountain, to the place where you dwell. It's a reference to where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, this idea that God dwells in this special place that is above our circumstances, where we can see things more clearly. Take me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to the place where I can pour my heart out, to God, my joy and my delight. I feel this way, but I know this is true. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. And that's reference to an instrument that we don't really use anymore, but it makes clear that there's a song to sing. I will praise you with song, with music that you have given me, God. I will give back to you. So now look, in all this processing and laying out the perspective this person has, look how praise has changed it by the end. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Here's the resolve. Put your hope in God. I will yet, what's the word? Praise him, my Savior and my God. Can you see the change that happens just in those few verses that we read together? God, it feels this way. It seems this way. But I'm going to choose in the midst of the storm to sing. How counterintuitive is that? God, it feels as though the boxes, the complexity, the intensity is piling in on me. But God, I'm going to declare something that I know to be true, a truth that's bigger than me, a truth that you are God and I am not, that there's a story bigger than my circumstances. And by praising you, God, I believe you are going to change and improve my perspective. That's the power that praise and worship has. As we declare truths about a God who is unchanging, he changes us. How good is God? These things are true just as true today as they were when this psalmist wrote them. And as I say them to you, God, and I declare them, I see my heart soften, my hands open, and my mouth begin to say, God, you are good. You are good. You can be trusted. I will put my hope in you. I will praise your holy name. That's why we sing. That's why we dedicate half our time here. Because not only does it bless and please the heart of God, it changes our hearts. And it improves our perspective. And so there are songs that we sing, and we're going to sing in a little bit here. There's songs that we sing here at Soul City, or maybe songs you sing elsewhere, that at times when you, you're singing them, they truly are your profession. You are professing, like, I, this is true. I believe this. This is absolutely true. I know it. Everything around me wants to convince me otherwise. I will profess that this is true. And this is why many times when you see people singing and praising God in church or sometimes in their car or sometimes at work, they raise their hand. You ever wonder what's going on there? I have a friend who doesn't do the church thing. And specifically, he's like, dude, I respect what you do. I respect, uh, that's awesome that you do that. It's the singing thing and the raising hands thing that weirds me out. Because if you put a lighter in their hand, I get it. But like, I don't get this. And so we've had dialogue about, look, this is what this means. They are professing. They are saying, I believe this is true. And it's a way of just acknowledging, yep, I believe it. It's true. It's bigger than me. It's greater than me. It connects me to a greater story that I'm a part of. This praise is changing my perspective. There are songs that we sing that are your profession. And when those songs come, when you hear those songs or you make your way to those songs, sing from the bottom of your heart. Declare to God with all of who you are the goodness of all of who he is. Declare and profess, God, this is true. I know it may not feel this way, but I know it is true. Uh, and that's why people raise their hand. And maybe this week, it's the first time in your life, you're going to raise your hand in church. So, you know, you can do training wheels. You can just kind of put it right here if you want. Whatever. That's okay, right? Because when it comes from your heart and you're saying, God, I believe this to be a truth greater than what I can see, 
God changes your perspective. There's songs that are our profession. And then there's songs that we sing that we need to sing that are our confession. Where we confess, I, I don't know. Like the psalmist, God, it feels like you've rejected me. It feels like you've abandoned me. But I will muster enough strength to sing a song to you. This is why maybe you've been around or seen people get on their knees at times when they worship. It's a posture to say, I don't know. I confess. I, 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 I have believed that what my circumstances tell me are reality. But I'm going to say, I'm going to sing, I'm going to praise you. I confess that I may not feel that way right now, but I believe it's true. And there are songs we sing here that are your confession. And you need to sing those songs too. And maybe you've seen someone around here with tears in their eyes as they sing. My hunch is it's because they are confessing, God, this needs to change my perspective. This has to be true. And so maybe this morning that's where you'll find yourself as well. I'm not sure. Maybe it's your profession. Maybe it's your confession. But what praise is, is it's always our opportunity to tell God the truth of who he is and allow him to change us with that. Praise is always our opportunity to practice what we will spend eternity doing. You know what we do here when we dedicate half our time to singing? That's, it's great and it's beautiful and it's powerful. It's not the point. What we do when we practice here is to give us language, to set our hearts, to realign our hearts so that we actually live differently out there. If praise is the point in this room, just in this room, we can very easily make it an idol and make it the thing and the experience the thing. It's not the point. This is practice. This is for us to align our hearts and go, God, I want to praise you. I want to say that this is true of who you are, whether it's my profession, my confession, so that when I go to work tomorrow, I go to work differently. When I go home tonight, I go home differently. When I'm hanging with my friends, I go to that place differently because you have changed my perspective. And the praise and worship that God loves is when our lives are changed and we actually live differently because of the songs that we sing. It's practice. Not only for how we live throughout the rest of the week and outside this building, but for how we'll spend eternity praising God. See, we could spend the rest of our life here on earth attempting to declare all of the goodness of who God is and we won't even scratch the surface. So God gives us the great gift of an eternity with him to do so. And for those of us who are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's our occupation when we get to heaven. It's to bask in the goodness of God's presence and go, yep, that's true, that's true. This is who you are, this is who you are. In fact, even as we gather here this morning, angels, angels surround the Father and declare who he is and declare how good he is. And one day, we'll have the opportunity to join them. So for now, we practice. And we let our praise change our perspective. And so what I'd love to do is invite the band to come up, and we're going to actually spend some time doing that, professing and confessing, watching what God does to us as we declare who he is. And some of the songs may be familiar to you, some of them may not. Here's the great thing. My hope and my heart and our, our prayer is that you would pay attention to the words. Let them actually minister to you as you pray and praise God. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, when we're done here in a few minutes, 
you'll walk out of this space and into the rest of your life with a God-given perspective. With a God-given perspective. So if you would, would you stand and we're going to, I'm going to pray for us and would you join me in, in standing? We're going to pray and then we're going to just spend a few moments praising God, declaring the truth of who he is together, confessing, professing, practicing what God has created us to do. Let's do that together right now. God, we, I thank you, God, that you are so good that you have created us to praise you. And God, it's, what's so great is you, you don't need our praise. You don't need our worship. You are already fully aware of who you are. We need it. We need to have our lives changed by declaring an unchanging God. We need our perspectives, God, greatly improved. Because everything else around us that we see, everything else around us that we hear, all the things that fill our thoughts and our mind, that occupy our thoughts, that we are meditating on, God, they've done very little to change our hearts. And so we declare to you that we will praise you because we believe you change us when we do. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to do so. We exalt you. We literally exalt, we, we make you known. We sing out to you, God, so that all of heaven and all of our neighbors around us hear how good and faithful you are. God, receive this praise and change and transform us as we do. In your name, amen.